I'm Alex Green, and this is Stereo Embers, the podcast. Check this out. Did you get the letters that I wrote? which features my guest today on the program, Johnny Shane. Let me tell you a little bit about Modern Love Child and Johnny Shane. Now, I don't know if you're a longtime listener to the program. Maybe you're a new listener who just got turned on to the show recently, or maybe you're somewhere in between. So for some of you, what I'm about to say is information you already know. Uh, Others, uh, it's information which is completely brand new to you. And uh, those of you in the middle, you're sort of, uh, well, you're in the middle. You're like, oh, I kind of knew that, and I kind of didn't uh, care. All right, so look, this show, we have been lucky uh, in our three years of being on the air, uh, of, of having some great guests. Everyone on the show has been fantastic. And in the booking department, we've been very lucky. Uh, over the course of our uh, tenure here at Stereo Embers, the podcast, we've had Rock and Roll Hall of Fame inductees, We've had best-selling authors, we've had platinum-selling artists, and we had a U.S. senator. So yeah, we're all over the place, but the the all-over-the-place that we are has featured some amazing people. And I've been honored to share all those conversations with you. My romantic dinner with Rihanna? Well, that one hasn't happened yet, but when it does, you can be assured I will record it, and I will share it with you, and I'm sure she'll be cool with that. The point of all this is that all the people I've interviewed— for the most part, have had a career. They have a body of work which we can trace back through time. 
whether it was Greg Norton from Husker Du or, uh, you know, Shavo from System of a Down or Jeff Downs from Yes. And look at me dropping names. Well, I don't get invited to parties very much. And if I did, I'd drop them there. I have nowhere to drop names, so I'm going to drop them on my podcast, okay? I did it. There we go. The point I'm trying to make is that the guests that I've had on this show are people who have had careers that have spanned, in some cases, decades. What makes today's show so interesting is that my guest is just beginning his career, and I find that very exciting. So it's really interesting to talk to, you know, James Williamson from The Stooges. I mean, that guy has been around. He's seen some things. He's got some wisdom. He's learned some lessons the hard way and the easy way, but either way, he's learned lessons. Now, Johnny Shane of Modern Love Child, he's relatively new to the game. His career, like I said, is just beginning, and he also has learned lessons, the hard way and the easy way. But what's cool is this conversation captures an artist at the beginning of it all. It's all starting now, and you get a chance to hear what it's like for a musician to be at the beginning of a career. Now, to be fair, Johnny Shane has been at it for a while. I'll explain in a second. But what I wanted to say is that this is a really cool opportunity to listen to somebody who is sort of like at the gates. They're about to charge out there into the world, and to hear what's going on in their head is really interesting. Okay, let me tell you about Modern Love Child and Johnny Shane. Here's what we know. Although he was known in high school as the guy who could throw the football, the Connecticut-born Johnny Shane was always a surfer at heart. So when the East Coast musician moved to Venice in 2012 and threw his first board in the water, it made perfect sense. What also made sense was his choice to pursue a career in music. In fact, the two seemed to go hand in hand. The harmony of the waves seems to be informing the harmony of the music of Modern Love Child and the other way around. Now, to be totally fair, Shane's not really a rookie at this whole music thing. Yes, his career's about to bloom with Modern Love Child, but Shane fronted the beloved L.A. outfit Blue Blazer for almost three years before they disbanded in 2015. And a lot has happened since then. Shane struck up a friendship with Ben Queller, signed a record deal with Believe, and headed to London to record the MLC debut that will be out in October. Some songs have already been released, and the reaction has been overwhelming. People are starting to catch on, and it's no surprise why. Shane's writing is diaristic and autobiographical, and even his subtlest hooks are undeniably catchy. The appeal of MLC is the melodic honesty and the way the songs flow on rhythms of truth and soul. This is powerful stuff. The music falls somewhere between Death Cab for Cutie and Mr. Queller himself— but the wry grooves and wistful melancholia also bring to mind the Lemonheads, Rogue Wave, and Tim Finn. This is a great chat, and I'm glad you're here for it. And I should mention, a lot of autobiographical details that I didn't really get into in the intro come out in the conversation very organically. So sit back and get to know Johnny Shane. He's a really cool guy. Enjoy this chat right here on Stereo Embers, the podcast. We're 
are all fake California people, Dude, Johnny. But like, um, um, but it's it's cool though because like, yeah, I actually get that a lot. It's honestly just because I, I surf and shit, and it just looks like I'm always like coming out of the water, which I guess is a good thing. But um, yeah, no, I'm like the farthest from a true California person. I grew up in like the most like northeastern preppy white fenced uh country club connecticut town you can imagine um but i moved out here where so you're from out here yeah i'm from i'm from marin um oh but, marin county yeah yeah sick but my my parents are from back east but um yeah you look like you could swing a tennis racket or or, or a, a polo stick yeah dude all right so i know you were an english major uh, where did you go to school and what was the plan with that major I went to school at Georgetown. Um, I my plan. I actually was a. I got into Georgetown for football. I was a quarterback in high school, um, and then so I did that for the first fall. And then when I realized that really sucked, I actually went over to play on the lacrosse team. Um, very east coast of me, but like the town that I grew up in. Like I mentioned, it's like we're like the Friday night lights of like high school lacrosse. Like we're like one of the best lacrosse schools in the, like the country in high school. And I was always really big into sports. I was always more like really like DL into music. Like I had all my, my band with my friend Greg and stuff, but like sports was kind of the thing growing up. Like, and I knew I could get into a good college and I want, I wanted to like have a normal college experience and I, and sports like helped me do that. And, so yeah, I like it was more like really my vibe in college was just like kind of playing sports and partying and and <laughs> and then like playing in like my little college band that I had. Um, but English, the plan behind English was just like I, I I'm terrible at math and I'm terrible at science and I'm terrible at taking tests and English like you could just like read a book or read the synopsis of a book somewhere on the internet and then just write a paper on it and you could like get by so. That was kind of my my deal. <laughs> yeah, I get it. I mean, the thing is, is that like, you know, when I, I'm not sure how old you are. I'm 49. How old are you? I'm 30. You're 30. So I'm not sure if you remember this when you were growing up or not. But there was like when I was growing up, music was kind of tribal. Right. So like like the singer of The Cure didn't play football. But then it started to change. Like Shannon Hoon from Blind Melon was a wrestler. Scott Weiland from STP was a football player. And there started to be at this kind of like mix. It's interesting to hear you say that your love of music, you kind of kept it a little bit secret from like, right. You're like the artsy side of you was kept secret from the jock totally. friends. Right. Well, we're like, we're totally in this. And especially in high school is that like, you know, you just get put into like, buff, like you get put into categories, you know, like you, and you're either like the jock or you're the theater kid or you're the art kid or you're the musician or you're, the student council kid and that's actually like what i like this is so like if my friends heard me talking about this a bit like, dude johnny put it to rest but i was the um i was the the student i was the student body president my senior year of high school and i ran just because like i knew like i could just go up and do a speech and like i knew i'd be good at that and i was like kind of friends with like all the different crews so i was like fuck. i was like fuck i want to like i want to win this thing so i went and I did my speech and I won it. And then once I won it, they tried to like, there was this whole backlash of like the student council kids um, that like knew, cause I'd never like been a part of student council. I just ran my senior year. I was like, oh, this sounds fun. I'll do this. And I won it. And then they're all like, oh, 
this uh, you should only be able to run for student body president if you've been, you know, within the student government for at least one year. And my whole thing was, I was like, dude, like we're in high school right now and everyone and our parents, our friends, like everyone tells us like, like you either have like tells us one what to do. And also like we're already divided by like so many like clicks. Like why are we making like the student government one click so like by me like i guess like running for president of my day of my high school like i was trying to like bridge those gaps and be like no you don't just have to be like the jock or you don't have to be like the student like body person so yeah like i like that's the thing when you're young you're just kind of like put into you know little like categories or and still when you're old but um yeah i've always been like a little bit of a a renaissance man myself i was a tennis player and uh, in high school, and I did radio. And I thought, I'll run for senior class president because I know I can give a smart-ass speech. Right. And, right? <laughs> and so I did it, and I won. And then after I won, yeah. I was like, what am I doing here? I don't know who these people are. <laughs> you know? That's so funny. Yeah, dude. yeah. Where'd you, where'd you go to college? I went to – so I went to high school in Concord, and I went to college at St. Mary's. So, oh, cool. Um, you stuck around. I stuck around. And, uh, but it was just so funny because like once I got in with the student council kids, I was utterly lost, Johnny. I was like, I'm, I'm not of these people. <laughs> Dude, I mean, yeah, it's like a, well, it was funny because the, so there was this kid in my grade that was like Mr. Student Council who had like been in student, the student government all through high school and all through middle school and all that. And I actually like, he actually like so he applied to Georgetown and he was super smart like I didn't have that great of grades but he was super smart like he got waitlisted at Georgetown and then he ran for student president and then I beat him so I was like just the total <laughs> dick and he came in and I felt so bad like I'm not like like I'm I'm not like a confrontational person I'm normally like not like a dickhead but I was like dude like I'm sorry bro and like he like was all heated at me, but then when he like got into Georgetown, finally he, he ended up eventually got into Georgetown. Then like I remember like it was like classic. He came up to me in the library in the high school. He's like, "All right, dude. Like I'm sorry." And I'm like, "Yo, dude, I'm sorry." And like, <laughs> we, we ended up being like buddies. But um, yeah, so that's funny. But yeah, the, the student council kids, they're they're like you know. But that's the other thing, dude. Like the whole thing I say about people like being in categories and stuff is like. People then get into their certain, like, what they think people perceive them as, and then they kind of start, like, you know, really eating that up and be like, well, then this is who I am, and they start to really identify with that, and, like, sometimes it creates a bit of a monster, but, um, yeah, that's that's cool, dude. We're co-student body presidents. Look at us. Yeah, we both infiltrated, and then we didn't know what to do once we got there. <laughs> exactly. Dude, I almost got – they straight up – they straight up tried to impeach me because, like, I think I, like – missed the first student council meeting or something like it just like slipped and they're like johnny like you're supposed to be running these meetings you're the student body president like oh shit like this this wasn't just like you know like a thing where you get to go up and like you know put on a nice little suit and go like still give a speech to the because dude oh my speech was legendary my speech was legendary because the kid that i was telling you about who was like mr student body person his when he got up he like did his whole speech and at the end of his speech he was like vote for me remember those words vote for me and like was like super kind of in your face and then i did my speech and then at the end of it was like it was perfect and i i didn't even like i had pre-written it i didn't know what's like i i didn't know what his speech was going to be but i was like i was like i'm not going to stand up here 
and tell you to vote for me. You have enough people telling you what to do. You have your parents telling you what to do. You have your teachers and your coaches telling you what to do. So you don't need me telling you what to do. But what I will say is go with your gut and do what feels right to you. And everyone's like, yeah. So, yeah. That's dude, awesome. I, 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 I love, I love the, the speech aspect, the, like the, the giving the speech aspect of it. It was fun. Yeah, me. that was like, that was the whole <laughs> motivation for me. But then you and I, it's like we were punk bands and all of a sudden we were on a major label. Exactly, dude. <laughs> exactly. I'm glad. To, I've I have felt really lonely in that experience. Uh, it's fun to chat with someone who knows exactly what I'm talking about. Totally, yeah, bro. That's hilarious. I want to ask you about your idea of California uh, versus the reality of California when when you got here versus about when you were thinking about getting here. Interesting. Yeah, dude, it's actually, what's kind of cool is, so I always just like, I just remember like when I was a little kid, I just, I would just like see, like watch like Saved by the Bell or just like watch, you know, like some watch television where like it was based in Los Angeles, like, or by the beach. And it just like, I just always had like an obsession with like palm trees. I just always knew like when I was old enough to go, I'll just go where there were palm trees. Um, and then as I got older, I like wanted to like, I was like, I realized not that much older, but like as actually at a young age, I was like, I realized like, I was like, I want to become a fucking rock star. That's what I want to be. Like, I want to be on stage and be a singer. And then I realized it was like, I was like, Oh, well, Los Angeles, that's where like you go to go do that stuff. And like, I don't know, there was just this, like, Americana feeling of, like, or, like, idea of, like, Los Angeles, Capitol Records, palm trees, musicians, and, like, that was just kind of my, what I pictured, and I always pictured myself, like, driving somewhere in the southwest, like, through the mountains and seeing, or through the desert and seeing the sunset behind those mountains, and, like, behind those mountains were, like, where the sun was setting was L.A., um, and I still like having being like been like doing have been able to do a couple tours like I still love that feeling if I'm in like somewhere in, in like the desert and like looking up seeing the sunset I'm like oh yes that's like what I this is what I love but yeah so I always like dreamt of of like basically like LA being this place like where the sun was where the sun was setting and where there were palm trees and where was where it's like you know where people at record labels were you know so I always dreamt of doing that and then I got out here and then I, I don't know like I the thing is it's like I guess maybe you're teeing that up for me to be like well it's actually really not how it is at all but the thing is like there are some like still every day where I like wake up and I like see palm trees and I like see people skateboarding and I see people talking about yoga and eating avocados I'm still like damn this is like really like like this is this is really what like this is really what it, it's like, you know, but then, and then right when I got out here, I started working at red light management, which is like a huge music management company. It's like the, the big one where they have like everybody, you know, like it's like a huge, huge, like hundreds of managers and then hundreds of artists. And it's just like a behemoth. I was working there. So that was cool. Cause I got to like, you know, see the glitz and the glamour side of, you know, being at a, like, you know, in the music industry. So that was all still super cool. So I guess like it, it really has kind of lived up to expectations and it's still kind of, it's still like, 
it's still, I'm still like getting to see new things just because I'm constantly like chasing this dream of trying to be a musician. I'll be it like, it's not as glamorous in terms of like, I signed a record deal and I got to go to London, but like nowadays, like I signed a record deal, like I didn't get any fucking money up front. You know what I mean? Like right. I'm working, a, I'm working a shitload of like odd jobs to try to like make it work. So like, I'm not at a point yet where I'm like, you know, like, like, Oh, I signed a record deal. And now I'm driving Mercedes and just touring the country all the time. It's like, no, like I'm looking up the cheapest van to rent, to go tour and trying to find the cheapest places to stay. So like, even though I, I'm putting this on the record for anybody who's listening and here comes my Kanye side of me, like, I think that will eventually change. Like I can, I can foresee myself not always having to find the cheapest little minivan, but yeah, like that side of the thing, like, it's you know it's a fucking it's a it's a grind but like i don't know it's like one of those cheesy things it's like it's if you're doing what what you love what you love then like it's really not like working or a grind at all so i guess the long-winded answer is like in terms of california like versus re like what i pictured in my head versus reality like it's very much like it kind of what i thought in my head which is which is cool um and because uh, it still kind of has this like since i'm not from here it still kind of has this like allure like i see kids i live in manhattan beach like hermosa beach area in la i don't know if you're familiar yeah but it's kind of like the um it's like the super beachy part of la it's not like the hipster silver lake east la it's like the total like beachy surfer people are skateboarding and, and surfing everywhere and like, I see these kids that, like, are obviously, like, born and raised in California, and you can just tell. They just, like, look sun-kissed, and they're, like, you can just tell, you know what I mean? And I just I still think to myself, I'm like, damn, these kids are so cool. Like, this is, like, this has been their reality their entire life, you know what I mean? Right. Um, so that's what's kind of crazy, because I'm still, like, I still kind of feel like an, like an outsider. It's like, oh, shit, like, I didn't grow up, like being here you know like i i and it, it's it's probably good and I, I have a lot of friends most of my friends out here are from the east coast and it's good because i have like this other perspective of like damn dude these people don't realize how sick like living in like sunny southern california is so yeah that's that's pretty much it well you know it's funny i i, I know that sometimes people will say that like i mean you're right like the reality versus the romance there there tends to sometimes be you know, a big chasm between where they don't meet. Um, but your story is refreshing because I feel like you, the wonder of California delivered, like it gave you the feel, the sights, the smells, the, the sounds, the access, the people, it gave you what you wanted, but you, you know, you didn't come like necessarily looking for immediate gold. And I think that's why you are happy. Um, totally. Right. It's, it's it's odd because like the whole my I mean the whole like thing about like coming out here it's like I, I eventually came out here one because I wanted to yeah I wanted to live in Southern California but I also was like my main goal was like oh I want to fucking move to LA and like start a band and that was like the first thing that I started doing was like I found like I looked up on Craigslist and found a place to record and started recording and started putting out music and put together a band and started like booking shows like anywhere in LA but the, the thing that like just makes my whole journey like even more convoluted and fucked up is like the first person in the music industry and my whole thing was like well I need to get like into the industry and I need to get like just access because it's a hard it's hard to like 
it's a hard party to get into. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's like agents and managers and record labels. These are not these are not easy people to like catch like their like their ear or eye or anything at all because it's like the hardest job to have to try to get into. You know. So, um, but the person like the first person in the quote unquote music industry was this manager of like some big, big ass, um, uh, bands that were in London. So like I ended up packing all my shit up and selling the car that I drove out here just so I could go to London. So it's just kind of crazy that I came to LA like thinking like, well, it's where I'm going to get my break. But like my break, even though like, it's not like I've had like some huge break, but like the thing that like kind of my next big step was basically getting on a flight to go to, to, to London, which is kind of crazy. So, um, it's weird. Yeah. Because people like, for example, after college, a friend of mine moved to LA and he kept, he would call and say he was really frustrated because he would say it hasn't happened yet. And I would think like, man, I think you should just enjoy the journey. And that's what my dad always said, right. Enjoy the journey. You got to, you really got to dude. Were your parents supportive of this whole move and this uh, this lifestyle? Yeah, yeah. I mean, absolutely. Well, so my dad was like totally supportive of like all like them like just totally was like all about like me just chasing down the dream and doing what I loved and like um, he he actually like passed away when I was basically like I the last time that I actually like really saw him saw him um was when I was going to London to go like start recording this album um because I I made like a couple trips like I went I went to London because this manager had me over and I made some demos and then I went back home and then I ended up getting this record deal and I went back to London so when I was going back to London um that's when I was like going back on like a flight that was paid for by a record label I was going to go live in a, uh, in this, this part of London for a month, like, in an Airbnb, paid for the record label. And, like, my dad got to, like, see that, you know? So he was, like, so happy and so proud. Um, so, like, he was, yeah, he was, like, so incredibly supportive because, like, he wasn't, like, a musician at all. Like, he was, like, you know, was, like, like just uh, totally, like, worked in New York at, like, a big bank and, like, total suit type of lifestyle like not like completely opposite of what I'm trying to do so I think he was like he absolutely loved it so yeah and then my mom like you know she's a mom she's obviously like is worried about me like always so she was she's super supportive like she like when I went and played a bunch of shows on the east coast earlier this year she was like at every show Um, that's cool but she's still like a mom you know and like no mom is like Com- completely convinced that their son's gonna go like make it in music um because it's hard to make it but um little by little dude she's like she's she, she i mean she'll she'll come around dude like once like she'll come around so um but yeah no they're they're supportive for sure now in terms of the subject matter that you find yourself writing about now at 30 do you is there a shift are you noticing that you're shifting in terms of narrative and in terms of thematic um, you know, the things you're interested in talking about now? Not yet, dude. Um, not yet. Because I'm still just like, I don't know, like, I, one, I'm still like really chasing down the same dream that I've had since I was like really little. So, um, and I've gotten to like, 
you know, some things, some really, really, really cool things have happened in these past however many years. Um, so especially within this last year or so, that's given me a little bit more material, but I've had some more girlfriends, which has given me some more material, <laughs> but, um, you know what I mean? It's, yeah. it's all, it's all like, it's all the same shit, dude. It's all like, for me, it's either like, you know, if I'm like with a girl, that's probably inspiring. If I'm going out to a bar and, you know, no girl even talks to me, that's inspiring. If I'm, you know, getting rejected or feeling like I don't like what am I doing with my life or feeling like nothing's going to happen, that is an inspiration. Or if it's like if I'm feeling optimistic and motivated and things are starting to happen, I'll, I'll go write something about how like, you know, I'm going to go take over the world or something. So it's all, it hasn't shifted yet. Um, but I think when I was younger, like I was, I actually need to get back to the way that I wrote when I was younger. Well, dude, that's actually a, a funny thing because like the song that I just put out on Friday, the song Alley, which, which me and my buddy Greg made when we were literally like 14 and 15, like this song is like now, like I just put it out to the world and like just got added to some big Spotify playlist and I'm like seeing all the streams go up. So it's, and it's kind of like, yo, like this song, like I could have been, if, if I had the means to like record it, like the way I did for this album when I was 15, like this whole thing could have started a long time ago. You know what I mean? But um, that's what I'm saying. But it's honestly like, it's actually kind of cool. Cause it's like, it's like, Oh, like, yeah, like I'm still, I still like, I, I kind of had this little fucking fire inside me when I was back, like young back then. And I thought I had something special. And now like, I still, I'm like, okay, word, like now people are starting to see it. So, um, so yeah, I guess, no, it hasn't, it hasn't shifted yet. Um, I'm, I guess I'm just, I still feel like I'm just like a 16 year old kid. Well, Allie, what do you see? Cause you don't look at me anymore, anymore And Allie, I can't even speak Do you know what I mean? Anyway, anyway Well, Allie, I can't believe You were so close to me Cause now, cause now And Allie, you don't talk to me Yeah, you don't talk to me about anything 
Are you learning? I think about this for myself too. Like every new relationship, I'm like, okay, I don't want to make the same mistakes that I made uh, last time. So I feel like this version of me is the best version to date. Um, do you feel that way about yourself? No, dude, I'm completely like not <laughs> compatible right now. I, <laughs> What's going I was, on? Uh, no, it's but uh, that's the thing, dude. It's like. So I met this girl a couple of years ago, a few years ago, actually, through music, obviously. Like, I was the first time I ever opened for Ben Queller at the Roxy, and I met her through um, that. And then we started dating, and then I went to London. And then the first time I went to London, we broke up. And then I came back to L.A., and then we got back together. And then she went to New York, and then I was back home, like, outside of New York, and we were together. But then I was just like... But then I was, but then I went back to London to go make this record, and then that's what was like, kind of, you know, that was the, the straw that broke the camel's back. It's like I kept just like leaving to go chase down my dream, and so no, like I don't like. I mean, I'm just like really focused on like putting this album out this October, putting these singles out this summer, getting people to listen to it, and like start like actually like making a proper career for myself with Modern Love Child. Um, it's incredibly selfish, but like, dude, I want to like, the thing is like, I want to start like, you know, I'm just not at a place right now where I'm like very compatible or like my, my stock isn't that, <laughs> that high either. You know what I mean? <laughs> so like, I would, I would rather start like honing in on, on those type of things. Um, like once my stock is a little bit higher, but it's, it's on the rise right now. So I'm, I'm sitting pretty. Do you feel that? In terms of because you know you're so focused now, you're you're zeroing in on exactly what it is that you want. That must feel good. It feels really good, but too this. You want what's crazy, dude? Is this is this like uh, I've been so I've finished this record about almost two years ago. So two years ago, I've finished this record. And songs that have been on this record, that are on this record, In a City, which I'm putting out in September, which is like the big single that got me signed. I finished that song almost, that song has been recorded almost three or four years ago because the version that I made before I made this record and out in, in the UK is actually the version that's like pretty much the same version that's going to be on the album. So like, I've just been in this like incredibly, incredibly like difficult incredibly difficult like like holding period of like not having my music being released dude like i've been going like almost three or four years with like having kept this shit in like not putting it out to the world because of like managers or record labels and all of that music industry bullshit that you think that like oh that wouldn't happen to me or like oh like i would love to have that it, like you know like i'm sure when i moved to la like, like oh i would love to have that issue of some record label like not putting out my music and i'd have to wait but like so I've been focused that entire time, you know what I mean? So now it's kind of like, okay, now like I can put this out and like, it can like, it's and and that was kind of like the, the hard part was like staying focused during that time of like, oh yeah, you can't put your music out. You, you know what I mean? Like, and nothing was out on the internet. Modern Love Child wasn't a thing. It was a different name and we like changed the name from what it was before. So like, 
it, I've always been focused. So it's just like now I'm like, I guess the focus is going into overdrive or like, yeah, I guess. So yes, yes, for sure. Focused. How difficult has that holding pattern been? Do you feel like a caged, like a caged beast? Dude, it's, 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 it was the heart. It's been the hardest thing in my life for someone like myself, who's like, like a total ambitious go-getter. You know what I mean? Like I like the type of person I am is like, I like, I got like, I'm not afraid to go hit up the president of whatever anything and be like, Hey, you should listen to this or Hey, you should do this. And that's how I've been like making shit happen for myself is like being a fucking go-getter. And uh, like, you know, bro, you were student body president. Like we're like, I, we're cut from the same cloth. Like I want to make shit happen. And it's been, it's having my hands like tied behind my back because my product, my music, like my art, which is like, what is like me being like held up because of like, you know, someone owns a master or whatever. Been so incredibly frustrating, but so yeah, I felt like a caged animal, but now that the music is slowly being released. Now I can finally kind of act on all of these act on my, like, um, my ability and my drive to like, go make shit happen for myself. So yeah, dude, I felt like just, I felt like I wasn't being utilized. I was like, I wasn't able to like utilize myself. But at the same time, in these past three or whatever years, like, like just crazy scenarios have happened in my life. And I've met people and stuff that have like all, like everything kind of happens for a reason. And now like I'm able to like put some of those, the, those connections to use or not that I was like, I, I don't think to use is a good word. Cause it makes me sound like I'm using someone, but like, you know, like put, put things to work or put things in motion rather. And do you think that you've learned, and it's been hard for me too, but have you learned the value of patience? Dude, ugh, so much, man. Like, so much. Like, it's so funny because, like, when I first, like, about three years ago, like, when I first went on to, when I first, like, left L.A. to go to London because this big music manager was like, come over here to London and, you know, record with some of my people and, you know, I'll make you a star. I, like was literally under the assumption that, like, I was going to go to London, record for, like, you know, maybe a month, and then, like, within the next month, have my music on the radio, you know? Like, <laughs> I was, like, but, like, it's good. I, I Honestly, like, I wouldn't change that about myself. Like, I, like, I was just, like, naive, and, like, I still am naive, like, to, like, I'm, like, naive to, like, I'm optimistically naive. So um, I would rather, like, kind of go through my life with that mindset than, like, you know, the other way do you feel i mean you're a young guy and you've got two kind of heavy losses in your that you carry around with you with your father and your and your buddy and i'm wondering um how that how heavy that gets sometimes for you in not in your darkest moment but just on a day-to-day -day basis i mean you must not ever stop thinking about about those guys well a hundred percent, but I, th I think it gets the it's 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 more just like a uh, it's more of like like I said I told you kind of the story about how my dad was like right before I like right when I left him he was like so happy that I was doing what I love so and then my friend Greg like he's literally the reason why I'm doing all of this um, and why I got into music so it's more of like I think of it like kind of big picture like these war this is kind of a part of my story and these are people that like played in like these are like angels to me you know what i mean right right so yeah like that's kind of it's it's like 
it's weird but like that's kind of how i think of like i mean these are my like these they're a part of me and they're looking over me and like i am those people if that makes sense you know um but like the 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 times where it's hardest honestly is like when like really cool shit happens you know what i mean like when i went on tour with Howlmouth, which was like one of my favorite bands like, yeah yeah i would have loved to you know tell my dad or my buddy greg but at the same time i just remind myself like yeah like they're they're like they're the reason that this is happening you know yeah, that's a really interesting idea that, like, when the cool stuff happens, like, you want to share that immediately. Exactly, exactly. But then I just remind myself, like, that the cool shit happening is is because of them, you know? Right, right. And there's, right, and it becomes kind of reflexive in that way. Exactly. So, um, so yeah, dude, obviously, I mean, you know, like, I, I don't know, but that's why I just, I just got to keep, like, chugging along because, like, it's, like, it's for like a it's for something like bigger and i feel something like i just feel like something inside me a little bit like that some other maybe people don't have which is why i've like gone so many miles and have done like i've just waited three years because of a like i've done so much bullshit because of some bigger something bigger you know Johnny Shane of Modern Love Child, a very nice fellow indeed. For all your Modern Love Child needs, go to modernlovechild.com. Tour information and news and uh, music is all there. And while you're at it, why don't you order a nice Modern Love Child t-shirt? They're pretty cool. You'll look really sexy in one of them. Uh, I bought one and I put it on and I look like a rugged Abe Vigoda. Uh, (laughs) All right. You can find all the information you need to know about me at alexgreenonline.com or follow me on Twitter at Ember's Editor or follow me on Instagram at Ember's Podcast or pick up your quill and your ink pad and send me an email, editor at stereoembersmagazine.com. Now, I'm happy to report that our podcast is available anywhere you get podcasts. Spotify, Stitcher, Last.fm, Google Play, iTunes, and now on iHeartRadio. Subscribe for free, leave us a rating, you know, a couple of stars, maybe a nice note, a moist towelette, whatever you can spare, we'd appreciate it. Thank you, as always, for your support of Stereo Embers, the podcast. We love you, and uh, if you were in the room with us right now, we'd give you an uncomfortable hug. Let's close the show off with Golden Brown by Modern Love Child. Enjoy it, and I will see you next week right here on Stereo Embers, the podcast only on Bombshell Radio. Did you get the letters that I wrote?
Brown. 